On today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, day two of the Senior Bowl, and Houston loses another position coach. What does that say about the state of the franchise? But first, start the countdown. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Thursday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by GetUpside. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cent per gallon or more cash back on your first tank of gas. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Of course, I'm joined by none other than Cody Davis. Super excited to dive into day two of the Senior Bowl, the prospects that stood out on the offensive side of the ball. But before we talk about who could potentially come in, we have to talk about who's, you know, cashing in their tickets and get the hell up out of y'all. 16 and Kirby, the Houston Texans lose out on Bobby King. He will be joining the Tennessee Titans coaching staff. He has that relationship with Mike Vrabel. And Cody, uh, James Camp, he's out the door. Pep Hamilton has one foot in, one foot out. Uh, we also look at they do not have a head coach. All of these problems are starting to pile up for Houston and also an offensive coordinator. These problems are starting to pile up one by one. Nick Casario and the Houston Texans right now, they are moving their feet, are being slow to, you know, bring somebody in so we can get the process of rebuilding again in the back-to-back year started. And, you know, I look at a team that I don't know if they if they're 100% sure on what's going on. I, I think this is a team that when I look at these Josh McCown reports and from what I'm hearing, it is very strong and likely that Josh McCown could be the Houston Texans next coach. He's a, he's a strong candidate for what they want right now. One of the finalists, but I don't think that's a consensus pick between everybody in that organization. And so I would look and speculate of a power struggle. Hmm. Maybe this is a coach in Josh McCown that this is my boy. So I want to bring him in, and that's in regards to maybe this is Jack Easterby. This is the first time I've mentioned Jack Easterby in any light, but maybe Jack Easterby wants to have him as the next head coach. And maybe Nick Serio, who has mentioned before that Jack Easterby does not play any role in his job, maybe he's looking at a, a, a Jonathan Gannon. Who knows what Brian Flores ranked on the list of head coaching candidates, but now we lose out on Bobby King, who I think did a very good job as a position coach for Houston. Coach the linebackers last year did a very good job with the defensive line this year. I'm not 100% sure that everybody's on one accord and can be sold on the next decision. And I'm seeing coaches just saying, you know what? I'm getting out of Dodge. I'm going to avoid this. That's a possibility. Or maybe the new head coach has already had an agreement that I'm going to pick who I want to come in and coach these positions 
And I think that is what we're seeing here. You know, John, when the Houston Texans did hire David Cully last year, outside of Lovey Smith, he did not have an opportunity to pick his coaching staff. And I do believe that is another reason why we we saw um, David Cully struggle at times. And, you know, it doesn't matter if it's Josh McCown, and I 100% agree with you because I've been told by a different source the same thing, that it's Jack Easterby that actually wants McCown. And actually – Brian Flores, that is Nick Casario's guy. So it's going to be very interesting to see who is going to get their guy to be the next head coach of the Houston Texans. But I say all that just to say, you know, we, we yesterday when we found out the news about the loss of James Campen, you and I talked about, you know, whether or not that was good or bad for this organization. I thought it was bad only because we saw, saw a guy like Titus Howard improve we saw a guy like justin Britt talk about the relationship that he has with james Campen and john and some of the listeners out there you guys picked the latter but i think there's one thing we cannot deny and that is how much bobby king has meant to this organization ever since he got here in 2017 as the linebacker coach and look john if i could just run down the list ever since he came into this organization we have seen players you know kind of reached their potential under King. You know, you take a look at Zach Cunningham, Bernard McKinney, who was in his third year, but he finally started to peak when Bobby King got here in 2017. And of course, the following year in 2018, he had his first and only Pro Bowl nod. Tyrell Adams from last year, the linebacker, the guy who ended the season with 125 tackles on the year second only behind Zach Cunningham that is another guy that we saw flourish under Bobby King when he made that transition to defensive line we saw guys like Jacob Martin John Grenard Ross Blacklock John remember going into the season you and I talked about how important it was for Ross Blacklock to start finding his footing um, for this organization in order to build a foundational piece and this is the best version of Ross Blacklock that we have seen this year and it, it, it's 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 no mistake that we saw the best version of Ross Blacklock when he had Bobby King as his defensive line coach. And, of course, look how fast Roy Lopez was able to find his footing in the league. So when you have so many guys like that that are able to reach their potential and that one common denominator is Bobby King, that is saying a lot about that man. I hate to lose him to the Tennessee Titans, but, hey, Zach Cunningham gets an opportunity to reunite with a guy that he is familiar with. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing that it just screams to me is the development. Are you going to mess with the development by removing? It may not seem like big pieces. Like the NFL is not always about the big picture, right? The, I think the average NFL lifespan is about three years, two to three years. And so that's small. But we see guys play like, like Tom Brady, 20 plus years. Aaron Rodgers, over a decade. We see guys play for a very long time. But what makes the NFL go is the day-to-day small pieces. And Bobby King, well, I'm not calling him a small guy, but on a grand scale of things, a small piece, but that made things work and it helped improve guys and help that development process. And so, yeah, man, this is potentially a huge loss for Houston because it's always you have to fill in the blank now. And who's going to be that person you're going to fill in the blank with? How will they mesh? with the players, the young players that are already on the roster. Uh, I, I don't like this decision, and it could be Bobby King's, right? I, I, like this has nothing – this possibly could have nothing to do with the Houston Texans. This could all be Bobby King, and I understand that. One player that I think flourished and got better uh, over time with Bobby King is uh, Brendan Scarlett, 
linebacker that used to play here in Houston. And he was a player that uh, Brennan was was drafted in the late rounds, man. And so he, he was able to come in and contribute for Houston. Those are the type of things that matter the most. We talk about the young guys. We have to talk about the younger guys that are making their way uh, to the league right now. The draft starts in Mobile. So day two of the NFL, I'm sorry, of the Senior Bowl, we'll get into that next. However, Texas fans, I want to tell you about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, GetUpside. Our listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. I do. So <laughs> if it's good enough for me, it's great enough for you. Just download the free Get Up, Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL or score for college for $0.25 cent per gallon or more on your first fill-up cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Again, just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL or SCORE for college. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans. And as you see, our guy John Hickman is still in Alabama covering day two of the Senior Bowl. John, you and I, we've been back and forth on what round the Houston Texans should draft a running back. So with that being said, John, have you seen any type of prospects that can actually help improve this Texans backfield? Yeah, I, I, we talked about Tyler Beatty on yesterday, the running back out of Mizzou, rushed for 1,600 yards, 54 catches out of the backfield, right? Uh, I compared it to Austin Eckler. And today, uh, Ford, I forget the, the school he's coming from, but there's a running back by the last name of Ford. He had a good day, but one running back, well, I think I like the idea of him being in Houston because of his freshness. Only had in four years, I want to say, right under 400 carries oh. in four years. But he's a good runner. And that's Damian Pierce. Averaged 4.7 yards per carry last year. 13 touchdowns on the ground. 13 in the air. 16 total. Has a knack for the football. And he's a running back that I actually had an opportunity to speak with during the media breakfast. And uh, listen, if, if you don't like his game, you're going to like his personality. So uh, we want to go ahead and play that small clip of Damian Pierce from that conversation we had earlier yesterday during the media breakfast. Now I'm sitting with, standing with Damian Pierce, running back out of Florida. I got to ask you, ask you a question. You got the knack for the touchdown, man. 500 rushing yards, 5.4 yards per carry last season. You had 13 touchdowns. What's the secret? To what, man? What's the secret of what, man? I can't, I can't be giving out the sauce or whatever. Oh, man, you got to uh, give us something out of the nose man. for the end zone. You know, I just always had a nose for the end zone, bro. Uh, you know, ever since I was little, you know, um, my first time playing football, my first carry went for, like, 60. And uh, that's when I knew, you know, this is probably something I should have been doing. But, uh, yeah, man, just getting to the end zone, it really just come down to determination. And um, it's really a want-to aspect, man. You know, um, not too many guys expect to get in the end zone every play because that's what coaches tell you. Like, you know, every play ain't going to be a home run. But um, I'm one of those guys in the back of my head, you know, I want to cross that goal line. Talk about your day-to-day -day process of getting ready, going through it, mentally preparing, physically preparing. Favorite song that you get hyped to to get ready for these practices? Uh, you know, I ain't, no, I ain't really no music guy when it comes to getting hyped. You know, I got a lot of energy. So, uh, you know, my preparation really is uh, just trying to get comfortable. I, I like being comfortable when I play. You know, I don't like to do a lot of thinking. I don't like to do, you know, I don't like to. Like, if I'm thinking, I'm slow. And, when I'm, and if I'm slow, you know, I'm dead. So, uh, 
you know, really, you know, these coaches here, they, they're doing a great job of preparing us, you know, um, especially my running back coach, um, you know, he's he's helping me grasp the playbook, play by play, day by day, and um, especially in the um, film sessions, you know, he, he says, if I have any questions, you know, don't feel free to stop, and, um, you know, just ask him, and, um, you know, he's, he's getting me very comfortable with the playbook and all. Um, you know, the more comfortable I get, you know, the better I'm going to look. What do you want to improve on from day one to day two? Uh, playbook, dude. Uh, I was kind of slow. I was kind of uh, kind of iffy in the playbook. You know, I was, uh, was half stepping. I don't like half stepping. So uh, the day I want to clean that up and um, go, and really, you know, open it up and go full speed. How has it been being coached by some of the NFL coaches uh, for the Lions? Oh man, it's great, dude. Uh, you know, they kind of they kind of give you an in-depth look of the personality of the NFL coaches and. Um, some of the terminology they use is very different in college, but uh, I'm, get, I'm glad I'm getting that a week early. You know, I'm just getting this full week, just getting uh, terminology down, how they expect you to do things, the type of player they want you to be, and et cetera. How are you in the locker room with your teammates? I mean, you got front, front personality, so I know it's infectious. Man, I'm, I'm DP on and off the field, man. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Before I even talk about Damian Pierce, is one aspect that you and I hadn't had opportunity, and I want to make sure that – I relate this over to the listeners is these players, man. And I talked to a few of them. They are really soaking in what they're getting from these coaching staffs. Right? They're coming from college and now they have the opportunity to, excuse me, be around NFL coaches for the last week. Uh, And and Damian Pierce being one of those players that, you know, mentioned, he mentioned how important it is. His coach has been, if you need any questions, ask me. Right, let's get into this playbook. Let's learn. Let's see how it can work out. And he's with the the uh, Jets coaching staff, so uh, they've been very helpful for these young men. But when I talk about Damian Williams, excuse me, Damian Pierce, he's a player that in college at Florida, one leg and plant type of player. You guys may remember a player here in Houston that wore jersey number three in Aaron Foster, but. One leg move, one cut move, and he's getting to the next level. Has a very good jump cut. Uh, fresh legs, as I mentioned, did not receive a lot of carries during his time in Florida. Very stocky, strong running back. Uh, what I wanted to see from him was a better day, right? Day one did not look as explosive as I think he liked for himself to look. Did not look as day one ready to come out and say, hey, I'm here, and I know other backs are here, but – I'm going to prove why teams should scout me, right? But I think today was much better. There was improvements on day two. The passing passing catching ability uh, needs to be better, but his natural running style and trait was on full display. And I'm only looking at players, at least I'm only speaking about players that I think Houston can use. Now, the good thing about Damian Pierce is he matches what the picks Houston have. A first rounder, a second rounder, two-thirds, and a fourth and fifth. Right. Is he a player that Houston can start searching for between the third and the fourth round? Maybe. I think before Houston drafts a running back, they need to make sure they address their uh, interior offensive line. Uh, And I do have an interview with uh, Zion Johnson. I can't wait to get that over to you guys for tomorrow. But Pierce was a a better day on day two. And that's exactly what I wanted to see. Hmm. And John, really quick before moving on, we start talking about other prospects. I do want to ask you about Charlie Kohler, um, the tight end from Iowa State. You actually had an opportunity to see him throughout the Senior Bowl. You you text me. You seem really excited about that guy. He is coming off his senior year where he recorded 756 yards on 62 catches. I want to ask you this question. What will make Charlie a promising prospect 
to you when you start talking about the Houston Texans, especially mm-hmm. considering that they already have a promising prospect in Brevin Jordan that they just drafted this year? Well, he was one of the more consistent tight ends in day one and in day two, but throughout the first two days. And he's the most complete, in my opinion. Uh, what stood out the most was definitely his ability to block. Great hand placement. It seems like once he got guys in that area that coaches teach you, if you get them here, you can kind of move them any way you want them to. Once he was able to do that, then I didn't see much fight on the other end, right? And so he has a nastiness to him, 6'6", 260-pound physical guy uh, with great and quick feet. Loved his game on day two, which included a pair, a couple of nice catches, and had a knack for finding and sitting in those zones, making it easier for his quarterback. And if he had to kind of move around to follow the quarterback's eyes, he was able to do that as well. Farrell Brown and Jordan Akers, I don't think, should return back to Houston. They were. Uh, right. And so Nick knows how effective a two tight end, 12 personnel mm-hmm. can be. We go back to those days when the New England Patriot offense took another level in the early 2010s, right? We look at the, if, uh, the, the, the combo between Aaron Hernandez and Gronkowski and what that did for Tom Brady. So he knows how important that can be, especially considering if you can get a guy like a Kohler who can not only be effective in the pass game, but more so across that front five, he can be an extra blocker, a downhill blocker when you need him to, that's a plus. So Kohler was my day two player that stood out. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues, it's marched through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple of weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports podcasts, scores, and news this season. Not just football. BetOnline covers up to boxing, UFC, along with live and real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the new amazing offers for the 2022 season because BetOnline is where the game starts. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto store to carry all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly imitating questioning? Wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that your their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with the access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On Texans in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car would ever need. RockAuto.com. Welcome back, and thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Be sure to check out Locked On Best Podcast, hosted by your boy Q with handicapping expert Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all major platforms as well. And before we close out this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans, some news kind of like just got thrown at us at the time of this recording. Um, According to Aaron Wilson, a friend of the show, you guys know him. Kevin O'Connell has now emerged as the favorite to take over as the new head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. But... The Houston Texans are still high on Jonathan Gannon. So as of right now, at the time of this recording on February 2nd at 7.08 p.m., 
The Houston Texans' favorite are Josh McCown, Jonathan Gannon, and it's still Brian Flores, despite everything that he has going on off the field. But I would, really quick, oh, I would like to say I had an opportunity to get with John Crumpler of the Texan Wire mm-hmm. while being in, in Mobile, Alabama, man. Amazing guy. Uh, we had a lengthy conversation. And, of course, what do you do with the third overall pick? How do you feel about mm-hmm. David Culley? What are your thoughts on Nick Asario? But the head coaching position, or vacancy rather, did come up. And he asked me, who was my favorite? And I said, well, I don't necessarily have a favorite. I know who I don't want to be the next head coach. <laughs> then I thought about it, and I do like Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, right? me we too. both agree that Brian Flores may be the best candidate, but with everything going around surrounding uh, Flores' time in uh, Miami and his future in the NFL, which may not be one, that remains to be seen. Uh, and Houston, by the way, could jump on this and flip this whole thing into a great PR Ooh. in the middle of Black History Month, right? But uh, <laughs> I'm not 100% sure what Brian Flores' future will be, and that remains to be seen. But I do like Jonathan Gannon. Me too. Only because I like what I've been able to see improvement-wise from year to year with his time in Philly. Uh, however... I'm not 100% sure he's going to be a head coach that will allow some of the things that David Cully allowed last mm. season. Yeah, but back to day two of the Senior Bowl. And, John, once again, my biggest my, my, my biggest task for you while you was out there in Alabama was to look at positions and players that the Houston Texans can actually use. And you come back with a wide receiver. And as of right now, I think I don't I don't believe a wide receiver is a primary um, option for the Texans. As of right now, I think some of the improvements that I would like to see them make, they could probably get that in free agency. But Velas Jones. Wide receiver from Tennessee, guy who is coming off the off his senior season, um, recording 807 yards off of 62 catches. And by the way, I'm wondering if you are focusing in on Jones because this might be an opportunity where you can see the Texans actually improving at the slot position. Uh, I think Velas. So what I was able to see all uh, from Velas, based on what I saw today, is a very good route runner. Has good route control, maybe the best release I saw on day two at the line. And I'm not kidding. Had a very good release on the line, off the line that I saw. Uh, His change of directions was good during the 1v1s. Caught a couple of plays. Caught a couple of guys slipping and and made them commit the defensive passing interference because of how quick he could change directions. And so I'm looking at a player like Avilius Jones, who may sit at 6'2", maybe not your typical slot receiver but if you get a a Velas Jones maybe you're able to kind of move Brandon Cooks around a little bit more mm-hmm. and create matchup problems with Cooks in a slot but the one thing that stood out to most was and I look for these small details is just how he was able to get off the line of scrimmage beating man coverage or how he was able to kind of flow through and beat zone coverage as well as a receiver and so uh he's a guy that by the way for our stat lovers our beyond the stat lovers uh Jones was clocked second in the highest miles per hour for wide receivers at 21.75 on the day as well. So he has some speed to him as well when he gets the ball on a couple of occasions when he was able to create separation after the catch because it's got some speed to him at 6'2. And I think why he is maybe not 
a hotter name is because, well, Tennessee had a lot of lackluster quarterbacks, the volunteers, during his time in college. And he was able to come back for that fifth year, right, and had a monster year last year. He's just a guy that I – it's something about his ability to beat that press coverage that I, it stood out the most of me. Hmm. And, John, really quick, I do want to mention that he did record 436 yards on kickoff return. So it yeah, seems they, like they could really use his speed. <laughs> well, it took one back to the house this past season as well. So uh, we talk about him in a wide receiver, but one thing about Houston is if you can come in and if you can contribute in other areas, they're going to find a way for you to contribute. And being a special teamer would be another way he'd be able to be effective on the field. And really quick, before closing out this latest installment of Locked on Texans, another wide receiver I want to ask you about, Trey Turner, a guy who recorded 675 yards on 40 catches for Virginia Tech. This is a guy a little bit bigger than um, than Jones that we just finished talking about. He's coming in at 6'2". His body type is a little bit similar to Nico Collins. Do you think that is a guy that the Houston Texans can actually use in order, like you just mentioned, to move around Brandon Cooks? Because that that what you just said was brought to my attention. Because remember, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the possibility of the Texans bringing in more bigger receivers. That way, you could kind of utilize Brandon Cooks in the slot just a little bit more, which I think this offense will definitely be able to benefit from. Let me tell you something about Trey Turner. Trey Turner did not lose a 1v1. That's it. He didn't lose any one versus ones. And uh, just like talked about Jones, uh, Turner has a great break coming out of his route. It's top of the route, right? A very good release, uh, a, a good stop control on his route as well. But he just didn't lose any one versus, right? And so uh, I think Vilas played a little bit better than him today. He was he was a day one, a day one. He was ran first team all throughout the day. But right after first team reps with Vilas Jones, in comes Trey Turner with the second team, and he's putting in the amount of same work as well. So uh, there are some receivers out here for Houston, man. And there's a kid from Rutgers that, oh, man, we talk about running a route and being able to get open with just his feet alone. Uh, Bo Milton, he had a great day. A young man, number 18 from, from Rutgers University. He had a great day on day two. Day two was a day that I wanted to sit and watch the receivers, and a couple of those guys where he stood out where it would make sense for Houston to at least scout them out and see what they can do for him in the future. I'm Cody Davis, and this has been another installment of Locked On Texans. As always, please remember to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. I'm John Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Make sure you follow us on YouTube. Subscribe like you guys have been doing until tomorrow where we can bring you more senior bowl coverage. Stay wet. Stay dry. Stay safe. Stay Houston.